baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Mark Reardon. The heart of America is not government. The center of America is not Washington, D.C. The center of America is the neighborhoods where 330 million Americans are raising their kids and trying to put food on the table and trying to love their neighbors. Mark Reardon. There's nothing worse than a reckless jackass who thinks he's smarter than everybody else. I am the smartest man alive! The Mark Reardon Show is on now. Oh, it is the, uh, this is rather historic for the year 2022. I'm not even sure the panel realizes this. I think Jane does at this point. It is the final Reardon Roundtable of 2022, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm off next week. And we're not going to do one the following week because of the holidays. So it's come to this. Jane, how are you this afternoon? Great. How are you? Fantastic. Been looking forward to this. We're going to wrap up the year and kind of move forward. So I'm glad to have you here. We'll talk about some of these issues in a second. Gene Evans is here as well on the panel this afternoon. A roundtable veteran, former executive director of the state GOP and a former state rep, now the head of the Missouri Federation for Children. Gene, great to see you. How are you? Great. A little chilly. But happy to be here. Winter has come. Yeah. Yeah. If um, if you say chilly, I always have to ask, are you chilly in here in the studio? Because it's usually. No. Uh, oh, Feels OK. Great good. In here. That's good to hear. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Rainford is here with Rainford and Associates, former chief of staff for Mayor Slay. How are you, Jeff? Good. And it is Williamson because I uh, actually used to play hockey with his brother. I was telling, you got to do that on the air, right? <laughs> I met Jay Williamson, who is a golfer today at the MAC. But look. He's a good guy, um, by the way. Let's, um, let's start with something here. It's the Tree Hope campaign. We're wrapping things up in a couple of hours. All of the Odyssey stations have been raising a bunch of money. We have hit our goal, I'm told, but we're trying to do a little uh, you know, gravy, if you will. So anything else from here on out is great. And I put together a little personal package. Jane, you're indirectly involved in this. Okay? Oh, good. What have you, what have you drafted well, me for, love? Here's what I'm going to do. Abby? He's going to take the phone call, and I like this. So I'm going to say this is for two people, not for four, just to be clear. For two people, you can come in here, sit during the roundtable. We may Mm -hmm. throw you on the air if you dare. If you dare. Not the whole time. And we've done that before. We have done that before. Uh, I'll take you to a Cardinals game. We'll get some good seats for a Cardinals game. I'll take you to the MAC for dinner. Before we go to the Cardinals game, nice. we'll take a shuttle from the MAC, one of the great things they have at the downtown MAC. And um, we might – I can't – Totally, pro- but I think I can squeeze in a booth visit. If I talk to John Ooh. and to Ricky, so we could have like a fun afternoon and evening, and Jane Jane would be here, so that would be like total gravy, right? Oh, I Absolutely. mean, well, that's so, what's going to sell it, pal, I let's think, be honest. Um, I'm just going to go. I think this is undervalued at this price, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's for the kids at Cardinal Glennon, $750. Two tickets to the Cardinals game. Um, you can hang out for the round table. Dinner at the MAC. If you double that, if you give me fifteen hundred, I don't even have to go. I'll just send you. <laughs> so you you make the call two four one ninety seven ninety seven three one four two four the kids. Not, you know what's going to happen. So, so, okay, the here's first what person's I will do, going to call and say, "Yeah, I want that, but no Reardon." That's what they're going to say. Here's what I'll do. I'll happen. sweeten it. I'll if they've something. If you get a caller 
uh, who will pledge seven fifty. I'll match the seven fifty. Look at that. There you go. Woo! All right. Well, fifteen hundred bucks. Rainford might be my guest of the game there. So that that's a pretty good offer. Fifteen hundred dollars. So all you have to come up with is seven fifty. Three one four two four one ninety seven ninety seven. We'll keep you posted on that. Let's get into some of the issues, Jane. I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. We have a new police chief here we do. in the city of St. Louis. What do we know about him? And do we have any confidence that this is going to help our city right now? Well, I mean, I, I you know, we we got to see him at the town hall. I mean, one of the things that was, you know, I think maybe a misstep was they probably should have done a little bit more transparency and maybe given the community and even police officers the chance to get to know these people. But um, I think that's since they've been since introduced. Um, the guy has experience in urban crime. I mean, he's, you know, been in Chicago. He's been in New York. So, I mean, when he was talking, he's very well spoken. I mean, his press conference went exceedingly well as far as, you know, being able to take the questions and answer when he could and, and, and be very clear when he wasn't ready to answer something. And so that actually, you know, I think was a positive. Um, I think everybody wants to be cautiously optimistic about him. I mean, the guy, you know, they sent out a press release, uh, the city that he works for now, Wilmington, which is about a third of the size of the city of St. Louis. But still, they had a crime problem and they, they sung his praises and said that he decreased crime. Um, there is some dispute about he was when he was in Chicago whether the, the the stats were sort of juked and we've had that issue here. We've had the you know the police department and the mayor's office here not properly report crime stats to the FBI. So hopefully that will not be a trend. Um, the bit that the, the whole key question here that doesn't change, uh, regardless of who they've hired, is will will the administration let him do what needs to be done to start controlling crime and so that 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 variable is still there mm-hmm. will we have 300 police officers who are eligible to retire uh, will you pay them a living wage so that we stop bleeding officers um, will they implement policies will he in the press was really all over this guy and I give him credit for that you know what about Kim Gardner you know mm-hmm. what are you gonna do um, you know, about that leg of the criminal justice system. Um, but the impression I got from the guy is he seems he says, like, I'm going to talk to everybody. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy that's like, hey, I'm going to get out there and talk to everybody. I mean, you know, I got it. I love that. And if she doesn't stop him from doing that, I think it could be very helpful. Um, but we still have the fundamental problem of will will the mayor's office allow this guy to do his job? That's what I think. So Do far. we have any perspective on what happened to the other applicants? For example, I met Chief Sack a week ago. It was at the Jack Buck Awards. Went up to him, gave him, um, you know, introduced myself, said, "Look, I think you did a great job." And then he pulls out the day before. Uh, there was one of the other candidates that had pulled out. But Jeff, do we have any perspective as far as were those people that just felt like, okay, the writing's on the wall. I'm not going to get the gig. I'm pulling out. I mean, let, let's be honest. I was surprised. I would have lost my bet. I'm pretty good at losing bets. That it was a white dude that was picked here. So I, because of uh, Jane mentioned the lack of transparency, we don't know for sure. I've heard rumors. I heard one guy, they offered him the job. Uh, he didn't like the salary. I assume they rejected Sack. I, I don't think he pulled his name That's out of there. What, yeah. I think I th- they said, I, I think, think they eliminated him from contention. Okay. Um, but we really don't know for sure. I, I will say that I was underwhelmed by the panel that came forward and some of that was the the amount they paid, but then it turned out at the end, which none of us knew, maybe everybody else knew, that the police foundation put a hundred grand in to 
which is not an insignificant insignificant amount of money to boost the salary. It's now like two. But she won't even confirm it. Like she, like they've asked her. Tell well, no, us but the, about the, the police foundation grand. has. That's why. Well, I understand, but yeah. but like, so is it coming into the city, and then the city's paying? Are they paying they're, him? They're directly? paying him a bonus of one hundred thousand dollars in return. He's got to go. He has to hold a meeting in all twenty eight wards once a year, and he's got to hold a. Uh, department-wide meeting once every quarter for hmm. the hundred thousand. That's how they're justifying paying Is that uh, legal? the bonus. I, I'm not a lawyer, so I would have no idea. I, ho- I, I don't really. I, I think me I mean, personally, look. I'm not going to file a suit because that was one of the big uh, whole uh, uh, you know difficulties in getting anybody good was the amount of money. I hope that the, na- all the candidates nationally knew that the pay was going to be two seventy five, and that this didn't happen at the end after they picked the guy. Because I think we would have gotten a different pool of candidates if everybody knew it was two seventy five and not. 175 or 150 or whatever it is. I, I, like everybody else, I'm going to give the guy a chance because we don't have any uh, choice. choice. But I very much worry. Our experience when uh, when Francis was mayor, the three or four times we hired uh, people from out of town, the problem with that is it is very easy for them to quit and leave. They don't have roots here. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they can they can go to the next job. They can retire. We we had a lot of difficulty keeping, um, and we had an airport director who only stayed two years. We actually had a personnel director who stayed a weekend and left. Uh, we had a health director stay less than a year. I, I do worry a little bit when you get somebody from out of town legit. who's not from here, yeah. they, they cut and run. Right. What, if, think... what, what if he finds out he has very little power to really do what he needs to do? Well, to I mean, it's also, it's a, what if he, okay, yeah. it's a Gene. smaller city. So, if, you know, if he can come in here and, it, you know, it's a stepping stone to something else. It, if I mean, because it's still like a smaller market. You mean as far as him becoming a, a yeah. chief elsewhere? Mm-hmm. I, I suppose if that. I, he you, seems like he's kind of of the age that maybe, I don't know, maybe he has just, a bunch of jobs like, left to in him. But to your point, like what's, what's going to keep him here, you know? Um, success, I hope. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. But if he has a lot but of success. it's a hard job. I mean, I don't know what job. success is going to look like, but it isn't going to happen overnight. And even mm-hmm. if he is ultimately successful, I mean, I don't see him as being a Bratton or somebody like that who's like a, a, almost viewed as a miracle worker. It's going to be a long, hard slog. And, you know, some point, some, you know, some people who they don't have uh, and they're not invested in the community, they're like, ah, you know what, let's move on. I mean, look at St. Louis companies, the difference between St. Louis companies, how they act when they're headquartered here and when they're branch office and how they act. I mean, it's just different. But having said that, this is our guy. This is the person that we this is an existential crisis for the city. This mm-hmm. is the guy. We got to we got to help him and support him however we can. The issue of the circuit attorney is not his issue. That's going to be the community's issue in, in the next election. Well, let me let me ask a question. Jeff Rainford's there. Gene Evans on the panel. Jane Duker. Jane, when you say something about Kim and that was I heard the, the questions at the news conference when he was introduced the other day. Mm-hmm. Does, he doesn't have any control over that at all, does he? I mean, no. maybe you want to forge a relationship. I don't know how that works. Well, but- well, well, I mean, one of the criticisms of Mike Sack was he helped her develop the list, which has been very destructive. People are on a list and they're not allowed to submit cases and nobody knows why they're on the list. A lot of these people don't know why they're on the list and they certainly don't know how to get off the list. And is, so is there just out of curiosity, is there a process for moving forward no. to figure out how that might be? No. OK, great. No. That's awesome. No. That gives the, problem, the problem with the circuit attorney uh, is n- not. It's certainly partly that uh, her her progressive uh, politics, 
But even progressives will tell you that the lack of competence, you know, they don't support it because of the lack of competence. I guess you could have a list and do it right and be competent about it and have it work, I guess. So there is a way to do it properly. But when you do it incompetently, you get chaos. And this chaos is just killing the city. And so, uh, you know, I make no bones about it. There's going to have to be a change there. I just don't think it's this chief's responsibility to lead that change. No, but I mean, he does have to deal with her. Let me me get a couple more issues in here before the break that are related to the city. And I, I have not been dialed in. It's interesting because there's all kinds of these cases, including Lamar Johnson, where people want to get out of prison because they've been wrongfully accused. I even saw that there were a couple of members locally, uh, Tracy McQuarrie and Shamed Dogan, went on Dr. Phil about a case that oh, I was Patty unfamiliar Pruitt. with. Yeah. yeah, so I, oh, I, I know, know a whole Patty lot about Pruitt. that. But on the Lamar Johnson stuff, everything, I'm just going to say this from the outside watching. It looks like the guy's innocent. Is he innocent? I don't know, but, but one problem I have is the fact that uh, Kim Gardner went and got evidence tested. Uh, his jacket got it tested for DNA and for gun residue, and it came back negative for DNA, but it came back positive for gun residue, and she withheld the evidence. And the other side in the attorney general's office found out about it because they happened to talk to the lab. And I'm like, you know, so no matter what happens, you're like, there's all, there's all, she has already put a cloud on the proceeding by doing something that she was just. Um, you know, uh, uh, disciplined for by the Missouri Bar four months ago yeah, with that, this withholding weird. evidence. I mean, the jacket issue is the, the the witnesses said it was a black jacket. The jacket in question has got red on it and looks, mm-hmm. you know, different than the one that the witnesses. Well, but if Look, she I didn't don't want think anyone was, behind she, bars that doesn't deserve to be absolutely. there, and it does seem like there's evidence here. I almost feel like I'm missing something in this particular case, and I don't know what it is. I, I don't know, and I it, it's interesting too, though. I, I heard Chet Fleeban on the radio talking about how like. It, it it's been great for defense attorneys because oh, yeah. the incompetence or people not showing up for court or are not doing their job on at the prosecutor's office. So these defense attorneys are getting lots of criminals off because they're making their job easy. And that's a police chief, to your point, can't do anything about that. So and I think it's disheartening for police officers when they make an arrest and they do good detective work that they can't get the conviction done. Well, what the chief can do, and which which the previous chiefs have been prevented from doing, is calling her out for it and going case by case saying, this is what we sent over and she refuses to issue. That's not going to happen. Well, I don't think it should happen until you know, the police happen. department, you know, For there is no doubt that it is doesn't have the support of the politicians. We've got a... I've already told you what I think about the circuit attorney, but our police department's not a well-oiled machine. If nope. I were he, before I start calling out other people, I'd make sure I got my own house in order and that I, I'm, I'm actually running uh, a, a department. There are, there are uh, strategies and techniques that this department can use, independent of whatever the woke people think, that can actually make this city safer. And if I were he, I would start getting my own house in order before I start telling other people to get theirs in order. Well, one, I think that, that I, I do think there are things that can be done, and he properly said that there is a small group of people, you know, creating most of the crime. Mm-hmm. And boom, I mean, that right there. And and while we have always talked about the lack of resources and the lack of police officers, there's also an allocation problem. They're not putting the resources toward the crime. And, and, and look, that, that can be done. Well, but I also about, think there's 6,000 cases pending in her office. Let me talk about a couple of things that I, I have concern about this, too, that, that they're not making the media. It's my understanding there was quite a little carjacking incident at Skinker, right? off Highway 40 by Forest Park the other night mm-hmm. where a gangs of, of cars just surrounded that station and carjacked people. The other thing is right here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in broad daylight at this little park between this building and City Hall there was a shooting. The other, mm-hmm. I drive by there every day. That's how I get right. to so, work. So at the end, you know, just for perspective before you get to your question,
question. You know, there's an argument going on. Is crime going up or going down? Actually, the, the numbers show that it's naturally going down because we're getting farther and farther away from the situation in Minneapolis that usually you know, resulted in crime growing through the roof. What is without argument, however, is that crime in the places where in our central business district downtown, crime is going up. Incidents like that are going up. It used to be that crime was between one drug dealer shooting another drug dealer and the people in those neighborhoods absolutely right. need help. And, and we should those those see, uh, shootings matter. That, Jeff, but we normally normally you'll have one murder downtown, maybe no murders downtown. We're at 11 murders downtown this year. All right, hang tight. we got much more to talk about Elon Musk and the Twitter files. It's a Reardon Roundtable. By the way, Rainford, you owe me $750. More appropriately, you owe him at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon. That package for the Reardon Roundtable went very quickly. Mr. Rainford said he would generously match that, so thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. 323, we're back with more here on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Showing real-time information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done to them. And and there's not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, civil journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. They're not special because you're a journalist. Well, that's Elon Musk. And let's talk about this a little bit here on the Reardon Roundtable. Welcome back in the panel. Jane is here. Gene Evans. Jen, Jeff Rainford. So here's here's what happened. Let's get the background here. A day and a half ago, Elon Musk's son was... Um, in Elon Musk's mind, put in danger by a driver who ran the car he was in off the road and then jumped on the hood. And someone had tracked down the location of um, Elon Musk and assumed that he was in the car. What exactly happened isn't really clear after that. He was pissed off, obviously. He gets his policy to prevent the real-time tracking of location. And then you have some people that were, you know, I guess, taken off the platform. The, The concern here that I would have personally, Gene, I'll start with you on this one, is I think that some of the things that are 
you know, being exposed with the Twitter files. It started a couple of weeks ago with Matt Taibbi. Barry Weiss now has done a fair amount of work on this. Mike Schellenberger as well. Elon Musk kind of hand-selected these former liberal journalists to sort of expose some of this. I think some of it is important. It's being ignored by the mainstream media. Now they have more reason to ignore it because Elon Musk seemingly, and maybe there's things here that I don't know about, is doing some of the same things he didn't want the other folks to do. I've seen some side-by-side memes on this where folks who are claiming, you know, this was no big deal when the government intervened that this, you know, private company could do whatever they want and ban whomever they want. And didn't you read the terms of service are now screaming. Well, there's a lot of hypocrisy. That's why I'm supposed to. I'm trying to be consistent here. My consistency is I didn't like it when the old. Regime did it, and I don't, I don't like, like it, it now. When he's doing it. Well, it okay? is truly a private company now. It's not even a public company. It, he owns it, and he can do whatever he wants. And with regard to his family, I think that's a different level than when you're talking about government influence. So, uh, to me, if he feels like his family is threatening, and listen, people have turned on him. I mean, I've heard people in this town who I surprised have just taken so much offense to Elon Musk buying Twitter and doing what Lef- he's doing. Lefties, though. Even people in the middle, like they're really, yeah, it's crazy. And I'm like, why? Why do you care? That, like, that's what. That is the. I am so sick of reading about Elon Musk. If you don't like the platform, get off the platform. Well, I'm with you, James. If you don't like a TV yeah. show, you know, blah, blah, turn blah. off the television. I mean, I, I and I think that him. I, I think that the press is messing with him because he has exposed them, and he is. This is a shot across the bow, saying, "Listen, you come after my family." You know, but he booted pay. journalists. I mean, he's doing some nonsense. He didn't too. boot him. He's and just I mean, got him. He's got them. Whatever. I, so my opinion is, yes, these guys are a bunch of hypocrites. He doesn't. They don't like the fact that they're being exposed. They're trying to make his life miserable, and he's letting them know you're not going to do it. One of the guys went on last night with Don Lemon, and he said that it was like the apocalypse that happened on Thursday night. I mean, let's let's kind of rein yeah, this in just seriously. a little bit, Jeff. But I, I'm yeah, kind of, it, I, I don't giving him a lot of oxygen. It's like guys. If, I mean, well, that's I, the thing too. Is like you know they were claiming he didn't have advertisers and that was going down, but the things that he's done have actually brought more people to the platform. More people are looking at it because they're hearing about it. He's in the news all the time from that perspective. He's a marketing genius. And on the the flip side of this, a lot of tech companies are looking at what he's done and laying off all these people. And if you know people who work in tech, you know they don't work 40 hours a week. They maybe work 20, most of them. And they're all saying maybe we can lay off 30 percent of our force and actually make some money. So he is a really good businessman, whether you like him or not. And he's having a lot of success. But he's saying, don't come after my family because I will kick you off my platform. Rainford. Yeah, I mean, I think I've tweeted once in the last three years, and I think I must have been drunk when I did it. I mean, we'll it, have to go look at that one. Yeah, yeah it might be funny. Was, it was. It, I remember what it was. It was not very positive. It was like you don't really know you're in the dark ages until after the dark ages end. So, oh, deep. Um, it was oh, wow. not, I think I was drinking that night. But you know, there are lots of people. I'm going to create a new account that says Jeff Rainford's drunk yeah, at right. Jeff Rainford's drunk. I, I just start tweeting at Jeff, Jeff Rainford high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so no, I, you know there. Are, Lots of people like me who actually talk to people face to face, do things with people, actually, you know, go out in the real world, do real things. I hope all those tech people get fired and they get nursing degrees because we have a massive shortage of nurses who actually have to touch, treat and help people one on one individually. I mean, I I do get the, you know, putting up the pictures of your family reunion and, and connecting with long lost friends and all that. 
But overall, it's a corrosive effect. Now, I agree with you guys. It's a private business. They can do whatever they want. But I, I and a lot of other people are choosing to live our lives and we don't really care well, what I, they I do. I think a I lot of don't. what you just described with social media, I think, applies to Facebook and maybe some Everything. of the other ones. Look, I, I like Twitter because it is a great way to access information. And by the way, it takes away from an audience that, that I've had in the past in the sense that, and I think a lot of us do it, uh, you get out of a movie or you're out of dinner with your friends. What do you do? You can't go to all your individual sites that you might visit, right. but you pop on Twitter and you see what you missed. I'm doing it in the morning sometimes as I start. I'm still in bed. Hey, what did I miss? And What's if something trending? big happens, and there are still people it, that are very, I think, very interesting and valuable to follow on Twitter. Yep. This host included, Jay included. <laughs> but but yeah. you know, there there the, the thing when people go back and forth and act uh, like it's their own platform and they have some ownership and they're offended by what other people tweet. It did take me a while to not to learn to not respond to the the people. And my it's pretty easy for me right. Now mm-hmm. I just mute people. I don't even block them because that gives them the satisfaction. You know what I thought? What I thought about doing was off offering myself up as a vigilante on on Twitter because the the worst part of Twitter is when people try whatever they do they they um, they try to shut you down or shut you out or shout you out and people say Canceled. things on Twitter to other people that they would never, never have say, the guts right. to say There's no doubt. to their face. So I've thought about putting myself out there as the guy who will take you know get paid to go hammer the holy hell out of the the Facebook and Twitter bullies because. Um, you know, have the, you seen my Twitter feed? That's yeah, mainly I what say. I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would I mean, love, somebody's to, be, I would got love to. to get paid to do that. But the and then the other side of it is, is that you know, when we are not talking to each other face to face, there's a lot of loneliness, disaffection out there. Suicide is up. Drug abuse is up. I just think that there is something about it when we talk to each other one on one in person, friends, enemies, whatever. That is, and I think it's coarsening our our. Oh, it uh, is. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Let's segue into TikTok. A little different issue here. Mm. When does the United States Senate vote unanimously on anything, and they did when Senator Hawley introduced a bill to take TikTok off government phones. Now, there's some talk about taking TikTok down, TikTok down permanently, which I would be fine with because I'm not a TikTok guy. But boy, if you want to lose every well, election, well, how will in the I know what to, to buy kids, on Amazon? If I if there's no TikTok, how will I know what to buy on Amazon? But Jane, I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> half joking here about you know if if they take it down, there's going to be a whole generation of people that will never vote for the people who took TikTok down, even though there's probably vote anyway. a legitimate reason. Well, that's true to take TikTok. <laughs> Now, where does this go? Do they well, ban TikTok? Here's the thing that I don't, and 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 maybe it's a, a technical question that I just don't know the answer to. But I mean, is it, are they truly like infiltrating people's phones and stealing? I mean, what is the nature of? I, I guess well, that's I'm not, the concern that they can access information. Yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah and they don't follow. I mean, not that the rules here are that great, but they don't follow U.S. rules. But I think it's really interesting that Josh Hawley, who's very much maligned by the left, got a bill through the Senate unanimously. I mean. It's a first for everybody. I mean, well, I mean that I, he's a leading edge on some of these social issues. Well, in the on, the, on the he like yeah, he doesn't like big tech. I don't know enough about it, but but when when we were going to go on a trip to China, and it's just us, the mayor, me, you know, we don't have anything on our phones. There's nothing we have that the Chinese want. The FBI came in and went through everything with us, all the way down to. Don't leave any electronic in your room in China when really? you go out. They, they, oh, that's so interesting. If you have a clearance in the federal government, you're going to get on TikTok and the Chinese are going to get into your no, phone and steal state secrets? I don't secrets. think people with clearances, but they're talking about every government but, employee. But the, but the Chinese don't care what you're having, what you're ordering from Amazon or whatever. I Maybe mean, they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, unless they want to try to sell you that well, stuff. Well, the other thing is, too, is, you know, being in politics, we, you know, we use companies that mine information 
and use that information to sway public opinion. And the Chinese and the Russians are doing that, too. So it's still very effective. If they're mining that information and using it to push ideas or whatever it is that they're doing. Or discord. Or discord or socialism or whatever it is they're pushing that that, you know, but where is the line? Right. Where do we because American companies are doing that, too. But where is the line? They do have rules, but a lot of that stuff is not. Because I mean, the the really biggest threat from the Chinese is if we get this quantum computing um, and I won't get into the details of what quantum means, but it is such high speed that you could crack codes that would take you 150,000 years to crack. You could crack it in a couple of days. If we develop that and they steal it. Now you're talking about something taken, seeing what pictures somebody's sent in on TikTok seems kind of insignificant to me. I do think that the left and the right do have to fund uh, our intelligence agencies and, our, and, and the State Department to deal with the Chinese because they clearly don't have our best interests at heart. But showing the world that you're against the Chinese by voting against TikTok when the no, Chinese are, are doing real damage to me is it. it's so just showmanship. When I go home with my phone, if say I had TikTok on my phone, my phone immediately links onto the internet in my home that's linked to my computer and any device that's linked to that internet site. So there are ways they can go in there and get other information. So if they're if, they, if you look at your work email on your on your phone, right, well, that could matter. I think that's a lot less likely than they try to steal your credit card numbers and spend your accounts they can do down that too, and things but I'm like saying that. There are ways that they can. I mean, these they, they talk to each other in ways that I don't even understand. I mean, clearly, because every time I look at something, I get ads for it for a million years afterwards. So there, there are things that they can do. But all of our stuff is linked now by Internet sites and that. So, you know, if I come in here and I get onto this Internet, there is a way for somebody who's access to that to get information. off. I, I am going to take a strong stand against the Congress banning TikTok, because if we don't have TikTok, we don't have the account libs of TikTok. And that is a lot of great material for me making fun of the left. We're back with more. One more segment on the Reardon Roundtable. We'll talk about Dan McLaughlin and his exit from the Cardinals coming up. Friday afternoon roundtable. It happens to be the final roundtable of 2022 because we will. I'll be off next week. Jane, we're going to give you a couple of weeks off and we're back after the first of the year. Jane Duker on the panel. Gina Evans, Jeff Rainford. Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, it's sad. It, it's also something that happened was very serious and someone couldn't got hurt and killed with Dan McLaughlin in the third DUI. But I love him as a friend and as a broadcaster. He's done a lot for the community. And I, I guess at this point, there really wasn't anything that can be done. Bally decides to part ways. I don't think there's been a, a statement from the Cardinals at this point. Uh, I was holding out hope, I guess, naively, that maybe there would be a, a long suspension and perhaps a window to come back to call these games. But that's not what's going to happen. No, and listen, I am not a piling on kind of person, so I'm not going to pile on here. I, I you know, I, I will say that I, I because I, uh, and I don't have an addiction issue. I don't really understand emotionally addiction. I mean, I, I feel it. I understand it intellectually. I don't understand why people who are addicted could drink themselves into oblivion, but then not get behind the wheel and things like that. I, I think that. Um, I feel super bad for him. He seems like a really good guy. He's a really good broadcaster, a really talented guy. He's got a family. I feel terrible for him. Um, he said it himself. The last time he got it, that was his last chance. So I think he knows that this is the way it has to be. Um, but I do hope, like he and other people like him, other people who have addiction issues, that if he does get it under control, he gets another chance at something. I don't know whether it'll be broadcasting baseball or something else, but I don't think this should be a life sentence for him. Right, but right. He, you know, he's going to have to do a little bit of time, and he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to, kick, you know, kick the habit. I mean, he did such a great job. I thought, you know, of of taking, you know, and getting control of things after the last incident. 
He's such an asset to the community. He's such a booster for this town. He's that, that's uh, what sucks the most. Yeah, I, think. I mean, and that it's what a he's loss, done it's a for, loss for St. Louis. It is, and and you've seen that. I mean, people are they really want him to get better. They want him. They want him back in some fashion. That's what's funny. You know, I want to stop you there because I I I do this mainly for entertainment. I just want to tell you what I mean is I look at the comments every ever so rarely on STL today, and on this one I decided to see what people were saying. Just out of curiosity. And it was overwhelming the other Positive. day. That was, man, yeah. I, Supportive. I wish this wouldn't have happened. Right. Yes. It wasn't like, yeah, that guy, you know, sent him to prison. Now, he may be facing a little jail he time may. for this, he may. right? It's a felony Well, now. I think people, there are a lot of people who have um, gotten behind the wheel when they'd had too much to drink. So, it, 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 even in not had, either not gotten caught or not had any negative consequences because of that. But I think one of the things that's important to do in our society, and sometimes we get away from this, is separate somebody's actions from the human being. Right. So you can look at this guy and say, like, he's a good guy. He's got a lot going for yep. him. He made a terrible mistake, and it appears that he has an addiction and he needs to deal with it. But it's the same thing with politicians. Like, I, there are a lot, I have a lot of political friends. I hate how they vote on things, but I like them as human beings. It's, it's, it's like the, even with our friends and, and our loved ones. I mean, sometimes they do things, and we're like, what are you doing that's crazy? But you can still care about the person and want them to get better. And, and I think people do. I think you're right. I think overwhelmingly I think most people, people do. Yeah. see this guy. And he as, didn't hurt anybody. Like he, he, Thank God he didn't. Yeah, and thank I, God and he I, didn't. somebody was looking out for him. But if and, he had, I think it would have been different. I think people would have it would have reacted differently. If oh, there's no doubt. And, and, right. that, and that's why you can't. There's risk for the future. Because if Bally says, all right, we're going to do a suspension. We're going to give you another chance. If something happens that's more devastating than this and someone does get hurt or killed. They did well, take a chance. Right. Well, I know, you know. but you but can't take he's another walking one. Away. Right. So he said that. Well, yeah. OK, right. that's fine. But Let's be honest about decision. that. Well, I think he should walk. You right. know, just yes. as a practical matter, he he should walk away. He probably does need to do a little time. But in some manner, he especially, you know, I said this, you know, and people didn't particularly like it. Maybe I said this about Lewis Reed when he got sentenced. I said sometimes when people do these self-inflicted things, they come back as better people than those of us who haven't done stupid things to ourselves. He could come back as an even better person. And so in some manner, someday, you know, we should welcome him back into, into St. Louis society. the best thing that ever happened to, to Dan in hindsight. Like I'd work with get, him in a heartbeat. If he, he gets, gets it under act, control, I'd work with him. more important than his career. Right. That's right. And this has got to be impacting his family. So if he can get help and turn this around, this could be like a turning point for him in a real positive way. And the same thing with Lewis Reed and others. Like sometimes something like that happening is a wake up call. And you hopefully you get the wake up call before you hurt somebody or hurt yourself. Well, there's no doubt. And with Dan in particular, he's such a good broadcaster. He will yes. have other opportunities yeah. beyond this Absolutely. market yes. with even if it's calling basketball, he can do a lot of different sports. I just uh, I, I, I just I think it sucks. Unfortunately. He's, a young, he's a relatively young man. And there have been other people who have come back from similar or even worse things there. He's going to have to do, you know, he's unfortunately going to, you know, he's going to have to be very humble about it when it is his time and to come back. But yeah. I do think St. Louis is a forgiving place. We, we do have our flaws in a lot of ways. But I do think what you read on the, the STL Today comments um, kind of is indicative about St. Louis. And I think someday I feel pretty good that he'll get another chance at something significant. So what, you know, uh, to jump ahead, because this is a question, there's time to figure this out. I don't know what happens on this particular broadcast. There's going to be an immense amount of interest from around the oh, country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just John can- Hancock. Candidly, I will tell you that uh, who? 
So when I believe when Jack Buck passed, John Hancock turned in a tape, and John is a, he's not going to get it. Our John he, Hancock, yeah, he, yeah. He, oh but he, yeah he'll it's probably, not what he does. I, but he's a very talented uh, a guy in that way, and I, and I heard his tape; it was actually really well, good. I, I've heard from people even around the country that have kind of done it under the guise of "Hey, is Dan okay?" And I'm like, "Okay, you guys want to apply for this job?" And I, and I yeah. get it. There's going to be a ton of interest. There's obviously some people locally, but. You have some names out there that might be able to at least um, put in a temporary situation if they do that. Joe Buck, I don't know what his contract with ESPN or his responsibilities. You have Costas out there that might be able to contribute. I have no idea. Ackerman. But this is a plum. Tom Ackerman's going to absolutely. This is a plum job Position. in broadcasting. There's not probably, you know, it's St. Louis, which is a smaller market, but it's also one of the most, you know, respected teams in all of baseball. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. that you necessarily have to have a local guy. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Rooney, but I know he was doing national stuff before he came here, and nobody was oh, like, yeah, "Oh, absolutely. you know, he didn't come up through KMOX or whatever." He can't, he can't do it. So, I mean, I agree with you. This is a plum job. I mean, we had Tim McCarver as the color guy for a while, and I know he has uh, St. Louis Cardinals roots, but he was a national guy. I think you know Rooney was a national guy. I think it's good enough that we, you know, we could get. A let me let guy. me stick with sports just here real quick because obviously we're getting closer to the winter warm up, and then we got spring training. But the Blues won last night, wow. and they came back to do it. So they put. Three out of four together. I don't think people want to give up on them. There's a lot of talent on that team. We don't know. You know, this season is so long. There's still ample amount of opportunity to to right the ship there on the Mizzou front. Uh, Jeff, a little disappointed. Gene, you went to the game, right? Yeah, the KU yeah. game. A lot of energy. It was excitement. Um, <laughs> it was excitement for how long? Six seconds. Yeah, KU could not miss in the first quarter. But yeah, Eli Drinkwitz came into our came into where we were, and boy, that guy has got a lot of energy. Super amount of energy. Absolutely. Everybody was really into it for about the first quarter, and then it just kind of yeah. they did have a little bit of a surge there where they 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 came yeah. within like twelve. They cut or it to 40? Yeah. Well, they cut it to like 12 or 14, and <laughs> yeah. I thought they were going to put put a little push for it. Look, they good, were overmatched, man. but I would still say this. I think they have a game tomorrow against the Cupcake, but uh, Jeff and I are going to try to go to the Bragging Rights game next week. If they can somehow beat Illinois, they take one out of those two games. That's a that's a victory for a program like this. Now, having said that, Illinois is really good, and I would mm-hmm. expect them to win. But you know, Jeff, you've been to those games before. Sometimes in the Bragging Rights game, it doesn't even matter who the it, it better ranked there been, team is, there right? Been seasons when Mizzou is terrible and Illinois is good, and Mizzou pulls it right. off and the other way around, and then sometimes uh, it goes by the script, so you, you never know. But I, I just got to say real quick, though, it is not the holidays until the bragging rights game. Amen. It is, I have been either watching on television or in person for, it seems like, 25 years, and I love that Were game. Were you at the triple overtime game? I was not, but I, I watched man, it on TV. That was yeah. unbelievable. I remember, the, and I can't remember if that was like 92, 93, something like that, but I came in from Columbia because I was doing radio in Columbia at the time, and I was covering the team and came in for the game, and that that ride home between St. Louis and Columbia, I was on such an adrenaline rush because it was the most incredible. <laughs> and so was everybody game. else on Highway 70. <laughs> oh my God, it, that was like the craziest game. Uh, and there's been a lot of those in Mizzou history. So, and you know, the other thing that's good for St. Louis is I had some friends reach out who are season ticket holders, and they're snagging some tickets for the Memphis game next September. We get the Tigers to play football at the Dome again, which I think is a good thing because I've missed that. They had the game with Illinois; that was a pretty big deal for many years, kicking off the season. It went away. But to get Mizzou to play here in in St. Louis, I think is a great victory yes. as well. Like you know, we, college football in particular, but a little bit of college basketball with these realignments, these super conferences, um, NIL. Uh, Mizzou is Mizzou, and especially its alums and the people who care about Mizzou are going to have to step up because the competition 
um, for really good players oh, and and uh, for our, uh, you know for for everything else is going to be really intense. And nobody's really talking about Mizzou right now. They're talking about UCLA, USC, Texas, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Nobody's really talking about us, and we're going to have to step it up, or, or, or you know, we don't want to become uh, Vanderbilt or something. Um, <laughs> that's that's the quote of the day. We don't want to become Vanderbilt or something. Rainford, thank you for the generosity on the Tree Hope campaign. I really appreciate that. Happy uh, holidays, Merry Christmas, Gene. Great to see you. Jane's going to hang out for a little bit. Going to do Sue's news. So we have that. That's yeah. our final roundtable of 2022 in the books on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 